2: The NFL season is going strong, and DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking new customers up with an offer that's even stronger. Bet 5 bucks on any game this week to score $200 instantly in bonus bets. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweetener offer every game day this October. Get in on the game day greatness. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code RICHARD. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets when you bet $5 on the NFL. That's code Richard. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See sportsbook.draftkings.com football. Terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.
1: The Volume. You know this, sir. You know for this You don't. Super Bowl championship. That should always be the expectation.
3: I ain't mad at you. Go ahead. Welcome back to the Richard Sherman Podcast. You saw it without me. Now we got my guy, the superstar,
2: Mitch Eisenstein. Mitchell. Richard, this is a a pleasure. First and foremost, we had a late night thriller. Everyone's at the edge of their seat. This is America's Game of the Week. Your 49ers against Skip Bayless's Dallas Cowboys. Richard, I I was sitting on pins and needles because I'm like, man, this shit, this shit tomorrow morning between Richard and Skip's about to go off one way or the other. Richard, this wasn't even a game. I mean, like we were texting in the group chat. That fourth quarter looked like a preseason game because there was names Mitchell, I'm sure you didn't even know out there trotting out there, kicking ass still for the 49ers. Mitchell, I
3: wasn't sitting on pins and needles. I was sitting comfortably in first class on a flight on my way watching the San Francisco 49ers dog walk the Dallas Cowboys as expected. And I talked about this last night before you got on, Mitchell. I snuck one in. Um, (laughs) You know what I knew, Mitchell? I knew the margin of victory. This is my my theorem, you know, Pythagorean's theorem, you know. Quadratic equations, all this. I was saying, Arizona Cardinals, I'm going to use them as my barometer. Uh, You know, like team, you know. I'm going to say, they beat the Dallas Cowboys by 12. The San Francisco 49ers beat them by 19. 12 plus 19, 31, Mitchell. Somewhere I lost a point in there, you know. you know, <laughs> Plus or minus a point is what I should have <laughs> left my margins to be because they beat them by 32. Mitchell, it was everything. And then, the, the you know, I talked about all this last night. It's, it's in there. But... The frustrating part is now, you know, this is this is after the game. It's the next day. So we hear all the quotes and everything, and you hear the quote from Micah Parsons saying, I don't think they're better than us. You don't think they're better than you. I think we're even both playoff team, both playoff caliber teams that like <laughs> you are not the same. You're not equal. All playoff teams are not created equal, and these two teams are not created equal. I can't imagine a player playing in that game and saying something like that, unless he's delusional. And, and a lot of the, their fans are delusionals, but I didn't think their players are. And he's an all-pro, one of the best players in the National Football League. So I thought if anybody's going to keep it honest with themselves, it's going to be him. But he wasn't existing in the game, so I guess he didn't show up for the game and he didn't see what happened to him. But everybody who watched that game, understands you guys are not created equal. They are better at every level. They are better on offense, on defense, and on special teams. They have better players in the secondary, at linebacker, on the D-line. This isn't like an, a subjective opinion anymore. You guys played head-to-head. So it's, a, it's an objective opinion on a head-to-head matchup. Mitchell, this is the most lopsided victory in the history Of this rivalry, Dallas Cowboys and the San Francisco 49ers have played 40 times, Mitchell. It's almost a 50-50. San Francisco has won 20, uh, Dallas has won 19, and there's been a tie. But in those 40 games, this is the biggest margin of victory, 32 points. So a guy who was a part of this game, who was on the losing side of this game, a leader on this team, for him to say something like that is a guy that isn't isn't holding himself and his team accountable. And then you can't you can't win like that. You can't, you have to be honest with yourself. It, it's just like Zach Wilson the other day. Zach Wilson turned the ball over late in the game when he played a pretty good game. He played a pretty good game and he's had times where he didn't take accountability where he's like, he played a terrible game. And he was like, that one wasn't on me. I played pretty good. You didn't. This one, sometimes as a leader, even when you play solid, you gotta say, hey, this one was on me, I gotta play better. Um, they were the better team today. We'll get we'll get back to the drawing board and we'll get better. That wasn't what he said. What he said was like, "Yeah, y- so y'all the same as them? They ran the ball. They threw the ball three touchdowns. This quarterback shredded y'all. You didn't get to the quarterback very much at all. I don't I don't know. I think he was sacked one time by J. Ron Curse on a kind of a busted play. But outside of that, I don't know if y'all touched his jersey." I, I don't know if your glove or your pads touch Brock Purdy. So I, I, I'm perplexed. I'm vexed of sorts. Mitchell?
2: Well, if he thinks they're the same, Rich, I got news for you. In the words of the great, your friend now, Little Wayne, we are not the same. I am a Martian, Rich. Yes. These 49ers looked out of this world last night if they are the same. Richard, Right. another one for you. In the words of the great Denny Green. They are who you thought they were, Rich. This Dallas Cowboy team, I'm sorry, but you're trying to stack up their resume against the rest of the league? Stack them up against my Detroit Lions, Rich. They beat the Giants. They beat the Jets. They beat the Patriots. They got stomped against the Arizona Cardinals, and they got absolutely embarrassed on national television last night against your San Francisco 49ers. They are all talk, all hype, limited production against very, very bottom-of-the-barrel teams this year, Rich. I just, I don't see it. They've got playmakers on defense, and sure, they suffered a devastating injury to Diggs. But, Richard, I expected more. I expected them to at least stick their necks out there and be in this game in the fourth quarter, and this game was over early. And frankly, Richard... If it weren't for a fumble on the goal line by CMC,
3: it, it would have been worse. over
2: a lot earlier. It could have got worse, and then
3: you 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 question a lot of things because an elite defense, even when the 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 Jets, let's go for the Jets for example. There were a lot of games where they were so inept offensively with Zach Wilson, especially the Cowboys game, you could just give up. You could just say, man, this isn't our day. We're not going to win this game. But they battled. They fought to the very end. They did their best, tried to give their team a shot, and they lost the game. But they didn't give up. They didn't quit. This defense quit, Mitchell. They quit. That's that's the difference between – not that elite defenses can't have bad games. They can't. But you can't have a game where you quit. For a limited time, Verizon customers can get Netflix and NFL Plus for just $25 a month with Plus Play. That's $120 of annual savings. Plus Play is a platform where Verizon customers can shop, manage, and save on subscriptions you already love, like Netflix and NFL Plus. With NFL Plus Premium, you get access to live games on mobile, NFL Red Zone, NFL Network, and more. Just go to Verizon.com forward slash plus play to bundle and save on Netflix and NFL Plus today for a limited time only. And then this leads me to my point, my next point, because one of the greatest coaches in the history of this game, Bill Belichick, is making history right now, Mitchell. He's making history in the worst possible way. Since the 1970 merger. The New England Patriots have never lost consecutive games by 30 points. Mitchell, they have been outscored 72 to three in the last two games. Defensive genius Bill Belichick has been outscored 72 to three in the last few games. If this was anybody else, if this was Sean Payton, Nathaniel Hackett getting blown out of the water. Like this, Mitchell, you would be calling for his job. Now, Bill Belichick has earned the right to complete any season in which he started. There's no question about that. But there are some questions and concerns. Should he retire or resign before things get even further out of hand? Before these teams lose more games? If he goes three win, three and fourteen this year, or four and I mean, three and fourteen or four and thirteen this year, what does that do for his legacy? What does that say about The time with Tom Brady, the time without Tom Brady, because his record without Tom Brady is only getting worse. And the narrative about his time without Tom Brady is only getting worse because you're playing GM and head coach, and everybody gave you credit. Hey, Bill Belichick can pretty much do whatever he wants. He doesn't have to talk in the media because that's just Belichick. That's just what he does, and that's fine as long as you're winning. But when you've gotten blown out, You were held scoreless in the last game. You benched your starting quarterback twice, but you're saying he's still your guy. You have little to no chance to win the division or go into the playoffs this year. Likely going to pick in the top 10. There are are concerns. There are questions that need to be answered, and it's up to Robert Kraft to say, how long do you let him go? Do you let him go until Bill doesn't want to coach anymore? Do you let him go until, or do you fire him? I don't think you can fire a Bill
2: Belichick. I I don't think that's possible. Out of respect to him and the career he's had, it's going to be very, very difficult, and I can't imagine he's going to go peacefully. Rich, I mean, but like you said, this is his legacy here. Maybe he's setting this up. Maybe, maybe, just maybe. Rich, listen to me here, real quick. Have you heard of a gentleman's name called Caleb Williams? You, he said mm-hmm. that they need a factory reset. They need to restart. That'd be the quickest restart they could possibly have is getting Caleb Williams in New England ASAP. But Richard. That game right there, like you said, Mac Jones, his fourth pick six in Gillette Stadium. You know who also had four picks, sixes in Gillette Stadium throughout his career? Thomas Brady. So he's he's already over there breaking records, just the wrong ones. <laughs> <laughs> Mitchell, Richard Tom but- Brady
3: played there for like 16, 17 uh, years.
2: <laughs> this man did it. He ain't even out of his rookie deal. And to think that those over in 49er land were were wanting Mac Jones, man, I think they still made the right pick, albeit uh, Trey Lance is no longer on the team, but I think you can make a strong argument. Trey Lance is still the better quarterback than Mac Jones. But Richard, we got to squeeze it in. We got a sponsor here. And now for a segment brought to you by Uber Eats. It's the almost, almost perfect events where we highlight the NFL defense that put on the week's most dominating performance. And I don't even know if we want to call this the almost, almost perfect defense, because what this, the New Orleans Saints did this past Sunday, putting a, a blanking, the New England Patriots, that's about as perfect as you can get in the NFL, Richard. Let's talk about the Saints real quick. Do you, do you do you owe them anything with this win, or is it more just the Patriots being an absolute mess right now? I think it's a combination of both.
3: You give, you give the New Orleans Saints credit. They have had an elite defense. They have played really well. Um, they had a bit bit of a hiccup game versus the Green Bay Packers, in which they had they were in control defensively, especially for most of that game. Jordan Love made some winning plays the last couple of drives, um, was able to get some points on the board and win that game. But consistently, over the history of the New Orleans Saints, they have had a very stingy defense, and they still do. But you have to give a lot of blame to Bill Belichick and New England Patriots and Mac Jones has not played well, did not play well against the Dallas Cowboys. And you saw what you thought their defense was And against an elite offense with a quarterback who throws the ball where it's supposed to go and Brock Purdy, who is, should be the leading candidate for MVP of the league right now. Um, you see what they did. They put up 42 points and could have put up more if they really felt like it in that game. So it's not that this defense is unflappable. Um... But
2: they did play really well, and they looked like a dumpster fire in New England. (laughs) Well, that's this week's almost, almost perfect defense of the week. And remember, you can order almost, almost anything you want with Uber Eats, the official on-demand partner of the NFL. Order now. But you can't, you can't order an offense,
3: and you can't order a franchise quarterback, <laughs> and despite the fact that New England thought they had one, they do not. And now they have to make a decision. Do you pay Mac Jones? Do you not pay him? Do you pick up his fifth-year option? That's an answer I don't want to give, and I don't want to choose because you're not going to be I'll picking gi- high enough to get
2: Caleb Williams. I'll give you a, a quick answer on that, Richard. No, you don't. You don't. You let him <laughs> sail off into the sunset. You, you take it is what it is. I don't think he's the answer in New England. Well, Richard, let's go overseas real quick. We saw a shocker in the early morning number. Uh, 6.30 your time, 9.30 my time. Richard, I I I woke up and I'm like, what is going on here? Jacksonville up early, you know, got up two scores early, took a lead in the halftime and never really relinquished it. The Buffalo Bills just have trouble overseas like a lot of teams do. Richard, did you see this coming? Bills 20, Jacksonville 25, and in a the, in the little bit of an upset there.
3: No, that's a lot of bit of an upset. I mean, Jacksonville, didn't they just lose to Houston? Was that last week? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I want to say they did. Um, Rookie quarterback C.J. Stroud played a really good game. Uh, D'Amico Ryan's defense played a really good game. But no, I did not have them beating the Buffalo Bills, who just put the fire out of the Miami Dolphins. You know, people were saying statistically through five weeks, they have the most yards in NFL history, one of the hottest offenses in the history of the game. And they held them to 20 points and beat them by 28. So, no, I didn't have them going overseas and losing to a a Jacksonville Jaguars team that's coming off a a bad loss to Houston. But Josh Allen playing Jekyll and Hyde, you know, consistently. Uh, A.J. Espinosa, two sacks. Leonard Floyd, two sacks. They're getting a pass rush. They're getting there. Uh, Two fumbles by Trevor Lawrence, but he played really well down the stretch. Uh, Travis Etienne Etienne, uh, ran the ball really well, 26 for 134. Was big play after big play, especially when they needed it in the fourth quarter. I just don't know what to make of the Buffalo Bills because I wanted to give them credit for being an elite defense. I wanted to give them credit for having playmakers. Uh, obviously, Von Miller hasn't come back yet. He's going to be back soon, and he's going to make a huge difference. But you just can't Jekyll and hide it on both sides of the football and, and just drop the ball like this. Some weeks they look really good. Then you look at the game versus the Jets, first game of the season, and you're like, what happened there? And then you look at this game, and you're like, what happened there? Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars are not the better team. They don't have the better quarterback. They don't have the better defense. They don't have the better offense. So what happened? And then you see Stephon Diggs frustrated. Why? Because he got underthrown by Josh Allen on a play that should have been an easy walk-off touchdown. But it's not.
2: And so you try to, try to make sense of what's happening over there, and I just can't. Well, the biggest problem with Buffalo right now, Richard, it, it, like you said, it's consistency. But I think the underlying issue here, Richard, is consistency in the run game. Their running backs had 14 rushes for 29 yards on the game. They get behind early. They seem to abandon their game plan. I mean, you saw this in week one against the Jets. Yet, when they've had success in their three wins, James Cook is going off. You know, Josh Allen's having a lot easier time when he's got a run game behind him. And it seemed to be like the last four years, the run game has been their Achilles heel. They got to focus on this, Richard. They got to pound the rock early and often. You look at the NFL landscape, the teams that are doing it and doing it well. Your San Francisco 49ers, outstanding run game. Philadelphia Eagles, outstanding run run game. DeAndre Swift, revelation, right? The Detroit Lions, outstanding run game. You go across the board. That is the number one thing, consistency in the run game. And this Buffalo Bills team just hasn't had it and hasn't had it for years. And it's going to bite them in the ass every year until they figure this out, Rich. This doesn't come as a shock to me. But you know what? They get the Giants on Sunday night football. I don't know why the NFL keeps putting the Giants in prime time, but they get a, an easy layup right? game next weekend. So maybe they can get right.
3: Yeah, I mean, they'll get right. The The Giants are are the, the, the medicine for every team right now. If you need a confidence boost, you need somebody to, to make you feel pretty, to make you feel sexy, the New York Giants are the ones for you, baby. They're the ones that'll make you feel like you're a world beater. You're a champion. And look how they feel, had the Dallas Cowboys feeling after week one, like they were going to the Super Bowl. Now they're three three and two, five games in, and they got a couple games in a stretch where they're gonna have a hard time. But I just don't know what to make of them. This, this game against the Giants won't tell me anything. Um, I mean, I guess no games will tell me anything until the playoffs with the Buffalo Bills.
1: This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen.
3: In that NFC North,
2: tell me your guys, the oh Detroit boy.
3: Lions, Mitchell.
2: You're making me blush over here, Richard. I never thought I'd have this day happen, man. We are we are alone in the North. We've got a commanding mm-hmm. lead. If the Green Bay Packers lose this evening, we're going to have a two two game lead across everyone in this division, Richard. They look good. They got out early. They took care of business. They're not playing a good team. The Carolina Panthers are the only unbeaten or un- winless team in in this league right now. But the point is, the Lions always, always were notorious for playing up or down to the level of their competition. You know, you'd see them on Thanksgiving almost squeak off a win against the Buffalo Bills, and then you turn around and lose to Chicago. It's like, what is this team doing? And they just they took control early, up twenty eight to seven. You know, uh, Aiden Hutchinson, second overall pick, makes you wonder what Jacksonville was thinking taking Travon Walker first overall. Because Aiden Hutchinson, man, he's all of a sudden put his hat into the ring for defensive player of the year. It might be a little early. I know you got Nicholas John, Bosa, and and T.J. Watt and others there, but Richard, the one handed interception, the sack. You know, this team, they're doing and they they're doing it on all levels, Richard. They've got defensive linemen that are doing it. They got the linebacking core. Unfortunately, unfortunately, in the secondary, Emmanuel Mosley, your good friend and former teammate, goes down two games into his Detroit Lions debut. I feel terrible for him, Richard. Sure. Um, you know, but this offense is good and they're doing it without their best pieces. I'm on Ross St. Brown down for the game. You know, I Jameer Gibbs, their first over on pick, out. But, Richard, they might have struck gold. They might have struck gold. I don't know if there's any gold in Iowa, but they sure as hell might have struck gold with Sam Laporta, the tight end out of Iowa. Richard, we talked about it briefly. He reminds me a little bit of, of, of our boy, Taylor Swift's boyfriend, Travis Kelsey. You know, I mean, here's a guy that was running the Wildcat at Iowa. You know what Travis Kelsey did at Cincy? He ran the Wildcat. That's a bit unheard of for a tight end, but a guy that can make moves with the ball in his hand like a Travis Kelsey, like a George Kittle, the Lions struck gold in Sam Laporta, and he's going to give them life for the entire season. Richard, I'm excited to hear your thoughts about this team because you know what? I don't want to speak this into existence, but I have a good feeling they might be creeping into your mind for the Richard Sherman, <laughs> <laughs> the Richard Sherman power ranks here. <laughs> Mitchell, Mitchell, slow
3: your roll. I did that before. I fell for that before. Uh, I, I, I want to, I want to put him in there, um, but uh, slow our roll just a second because the Detroit Lions have done a great job. They have done a great job. They played hard. Um, they're well coached. Dan Campbell got those boys feeling good, looking good. The guy I want to talk about is David Montgomery. David Montgomery has been a revelation. He ran the ball well against Green Bay, put the team on his back, and he's run the ball well against Carolina, uh, and he continues to make a case uh, to be their main back. Everybody's like, they took Jameer Jameer Gibbs. Why isn't he getting more touches? Because at the end of the day, you got a workhorse, and he's working, and he needs carries to, to, to soften the defense and to keep moving the football down the field. That offensive line, deserves a ton of credit you guys built it well you built it from the ground up over the years uh Pene Sewell is is the mainstay he's the foundational piece the pillar on that offensive line but you got a lot of good players um I I'd say they're a top five top 10 offensive line and I think defensively I mean you hate to see what happened to e-man it's just him CJ Gardner Johnson um you know guys that you expected to make huge impacts for him just can't stay on the field and it's just such a uh, I can't – oh, my God, it just breaks my heart talking about E-Man. But overall, that team just seems like they have something. They got Jamison Williams back. um, Didn't do a ton in this game, but the weapons that they have when they're totally healthy should be intimidating and should be concerning for every team.
2: Well, they're playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers next week, and the NFL rightfully so flexed it to the 425 kickoff, Richard. I think the NFL sees that the Lions are on the up and up, and I think you're starting to see it too. I, I just want to see them in your power ranks, Rich. I know we saw them early this year, but I, I think they might deserve it. I think they might deserve Mitchell, it a little
3: bit. Mitchell, maybe if they beat uh, Tampa. I mean, I think who I would have in there right now. Maybe if they beat Tampa, but right now, Mitchell,
2: they just, every time I put them in there, I feel like I jinx them. And you know, Lions I, fans know about jinxes. Let, let them beat Tampa first, and then you can put them in there easily. Richard, let's travel up north with our pack of Swifties. And let's settle into Minneapolis, Minnesota, where we saw the Kansas City Swifts take on the Minnesota Viking. Huh. Uh, Richard, you know, we've, we've heard the hype. Travis Kelsey is dating Taylor Swift. God bless him. And I, I don't know bless. if it's a Taylor Swift curse, but we saw a little bit of an ankle roll there. And then the Swifties took to Twitter. And now the NFL might be considering actually shifting to uh, from a turf field to all grass fields. Richard, first off, your thought about all the marketing within, I mean, you're a marketer, right? I mean, what the NFL is taking advantage it. of this situation right now. They are loving it. I
3: love it. That's <laughs> what you do, Mitchell. You want to increase your audience. You want to increase your market. You bring somebody in with a different audience, with a different following, and you showcase them. And you have her at the games because all her followers are, aren't necessarily NFL fans, but they're Taylor Swift fans. So you just increase your audience by, what, 50%? Uh, the numbers have been insane. Travis Kelsey jerseys are number one in the NFL right now. Ticket sales for the games she comes to are off the, 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 the wall. The prices are increasing by the second. So, I mean, it's a win-win. Regardless of what the product is on the field, this is a money-making industry. You want to bring more eyes? You want to bring more attention? People watching your product? That's what she's done. Now, has he played? Okay, he's played fine when she's there or when, you know, he's played pretty good. Their offense in general is is down this year. I think um, Mahone's numbers are down this year. They just don't have the playmakers they used to. They don't have the consistent numbers that they used to. And so it's all it's all part of the process. I mean, Travis is getting older, um, but he's still effective and really good at what he does. And in the playoffs, they're still going to be a threat to win the Super Bowl. Regardless of how they play in a regular season, they're still finding a way to win these games. Um, you know, you you could nitpick about a play here and a play there, but at the end of the day, it's hard to win in this league. If they had lost, it may be a different conversation. But um they're undefeated at Swifty. So
2: they sure are. What
3: can I say about that? There's nothing else to say.
2: And Travis comes back, catches the touchdown, you know, it, it, they are looking good. Like you said, the offense isn't quite there yet, but Richard, they go on the road, beat a, beat a Minnesota Viking team desperate for a win, and this is a Minnesota Viking team that's so used to winning these tight games last year, we talked about it, it's tough to win these tight games in the NFL, and sure as heck, they're 0-4-1 possession games this year. It's going to be a tough uphill battle for them, in the NFC North thanks to my Detroit Lions, Richard We saw another team that needed to get right, Cincinnati Bengals. Joe Burrow just said, screw it. I'm going to throw it to Jamar Chase every single time. And Jamar Chase comes down with 15 receptions for 192, three tutties, albeit against Arizona Cardinals. But Arizona's looking better than I think everyone expected this year. Richard, do you think the Bengals are back, or were they just playing the Arizona Cardinals?
3: I mean, it it doesn't matter. The Arizona Cardinals have played the San Francisco 49ers tough. They played the Dallas Cowboys tough. They've played everybody tough. Um, they're not just a, a, a pushover in the National Football League. I think you got to give Joe Burrow and, and uh, Jamar Chase a lot of credit. Some of those were really tight windows. Um, they're playing well. Burrow's played his best game of the season. Uh, so, no, I'm not taking anything away from him. Hopefully this is a, a sign of things to come. When they get T. Higgins back out there healthy, um, when, they, when they're at 100%, hopefully they look like the – the team of old, uh, and defensively, they looked a lot better. That's another thing that's been letting them down. Their defense hasn't been playing well. A defense that's been incredibly disruptive in terms of getting turnovers and sacks uh, over the past couple of years has not been that this year, and they were the other day.
2: Well, Richard, we've got our weekly sponsor, our friends of the program over at Morgan & Morgan. And for this week's Making It Look Easy Player of the Week, brought to you by Morgan & Morgan, America's largest injury law firm, This week, Jamar Chase, we already mentioned it, made it look super easy against the Cardinals. Richard, Chase had been struggling this year. He voiced his frustration, but he snaps back and goes for 15 receptions, 192, three touchdowns. He's the fifth player to ever have 15 receptions and three touchdowns in a single game. Richard, the wide receiver is often termed a diva. Jamar Chase voiced his frustrations. How important do you think it is that for them to have that conversation, come together, and Joe Burrow, just to understand, he's got an elite receiver. Let's force him the ball at times. Is Jamar Chase, do you think this connection is back to stay for the rest of the year? Yeah, I mean, it has to be. He's one of the best receivers in the National Football League and has been for the majority of his career.
3: And so he's just—he wasn't saying anything that wasn't true. I don't think anybody disagreed with his statement. And you look at the tape; he's always open. He's—he's finding a way to get open, whether they double team him, single team him, and until he shows otherwise, that—that's your job to force feed him the football. That's why they're gonna—that's why he's gonna make the big bucks in the National Football League because he's a go-to guy that can make a little bit into a lot. So yeah, keep forcing him the ball. I think that's your best chance of having
2: success, the best chance of having long-term success. Uh, This has been Making It Look Easy, brought to you by Morgan & Morgan, America's largest injury law firm. If you're ever injured, you can check out Morgan & Morgan. Go to forthepeople.com slash Sherman or dial pound law. That's pound 529. Richard, winning in this league is hard, but hiring Morgan Morgan is easy. It's easy. Let's call it the Nathaniel Hackett revenge game, Richard. Mile-high stadium, the Denver Broncos desperately have needed a win for the last two years or so, it seems, Richard. And they can't get it against the man who did the worst coaching job that Sean Payton has ever seen. 31-21, New York Jets led by Zach Wilson get a double-digit win on the road. Your thoughts, Richard? Well, the Wilson versus Wilson game that everybody
3: was on the edge of their seats about. Mitchell, everybody <laughs> knew this would be the game of the week. It was. Um, but Zach Wilson played really well. Um, Russell Wilson, before the game ceiling fumble, uh, was playing solid football. That defense for the Denver Broncos is letting them down. Brees Hall said, hey, give me the ball. Give me the freaking ball more. They gave him the ball 22 times. I didn't understand why they were giving Dalvin Cook the ball more than Brees Hall when Brees Hall has clearly shown explosive ability um, last year and even this year. And they wouldn't give him the ball. I just didn't, it didn't make sense. I don't know what that was, but they got it corrected. He's, he averaged eight yards a carry on 22 carries for 177 yards every time they needed a big play. He gave it to him. Zach Wilson did not lose him the game. He's playing much better football better controlling the game, managing the game, making sure he doesn't turn the ball over, getting the ball to his playmakers in space. Uh, he should be applauded for that. The Jets' defense made plays when they need to. That D-line was playing ferocious football. You saw the forced safety when Russell Wilson tried to throw the ball away because he was in the grasp, and it ended up being an intentional grounding in the uh, end zone. And then you just you go back to what Sean Payton said before the season even started and he showed the the Broncos driving off the cliff and how terrible Nathaniel Hackett was. And you start to think, you wonder, do those, those Denver players probably have a little bit of loyalty to, to Nathaniel Hackett, just a little bit, um, because they don't have any loyalty to you yet, Sean, especially when you haven't shown them anything, you haven't shown them love and respect. You can't come into a program and say, hey, you guys know who I am. You need to respect me. I'll figure out if I'm going to respect you guys and if I'm going to know who you are. Like that's not how you. That's not how you build a culture and build a team. Um, you don't just sit there and say, "Hey, you guys suck last year." But I hear I come to save you. You talk to guys eye to eye with respect and love and appreciation, and you guys build it together. And I think that's the problem. These guys could be one and eight. They could be one and eight going forward. I mean, they got a tough game against the the Packers coming up. They play. They play the Packers. Then I think they play the Chiefs. Then maybe it's Buffalo, and then the Chiefs again. I mean, they have a, t- a schedule where they could lose the next. They could lose five of the next six uh and be in an uglier spot. And you look at last year when Nathaniel Hackett, they had won two games at this point. They had already won two games. So I think you saw that the New York Jets went out there and fought hard for Nathaniel Hackett. You heard the players talk about it. How let's win this one for Hack. That that that's a love and that's a respect. That's a thing where guys are gonna sacrifice a little more. They're gonna dig a little deeper in this game to try to win it. Then you saw the Denver Broncos. They weren't fighting for Sean Payton. You don't see them digging a little deeper for Sean Payton. You don't even see them really disgusted when they lose. You know, that defense, when they give up big plays, it's just like, hey, well, I mean, whatever. Um, E.G. Row Evero had th- that defense playing a whole different level than Vance Joseph has him playing. And, and you start to wonder, what changed? Because a lot of the personnel is the same. But you still got a guy like uh, at, the p- at the corner position, Patrick Sertan, still playing at a high level, but... You 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 just don't see the conviction there, and you wonder what's going to happen if this team is one and eight, one and nine going forward. What do they do?
2: Uh, this team's been a team without a pulse for the last couple of years now, Richard, and it's got to be unsettling in Denver. You know that that's a fan base that's used to winning, and this is not what they signed up for um, over the last couple of years. Richard Sean Payton was the biggest name on the market, and, and he he promised you know he promised Denver the promised land, and Right now, it's not looking very good at all. Do you think Sean Payton's regretting taking this job at this point? I'm sure there's a part of him regretting it, but
3: he also knows he has time. He has time. They traded a first-round pick and gave him a lot of money. You're not just
2: going to get rid of him. He's not not on the hot seat because you can't. If you get rid of him, what you going to do? Well, Richard, that concludes our Week 5 recap. Thank you, everyone, for joining us on the Richard Sherman Podcast. We appreciate all the support. If you're new to the program, please hit the subscribe button. We should appreciate you guys so much. Let's take this thing to the moon. Richard will see you guys on Thursday Night Football. He's going to be in Kansas City watching the Denver Broncos firsthand. So I know, Richard, you're going to have a lot of fun with that one. Stay tuned. More guests this week. Thank you.